Hello and welcome to the Essence Seeker podcast. This is Druva O'Shea. We're now up to episode 14. Let's get into it. Today one friend contacted me online and asked, how do dinosaurs fit into my outlook of life? I, I laughed and said it was a rather random question. I replied that they are extinct, apparently, so they don't exist in my outlook. But maybe in hindsight... And I asked him, "Are you?" I asked him if he's asking if I believe in dinosaurs. And he said, "Yes, he wants to know if I believe in dinosaurs." And he made the good point, very intelligent point of why we never read about them in the shastras. So, what are the shastras? The shastras are the revealed scriptures, you know, ancient philosophical and religious traditions. Why don't we read about dinosaurs? Now, before I even speak, I encourage those of you to Google um, Vinypedia dinosaurs and you'll see what Srila Prabhupada has to say. You know, he, he has some interesting things to say there. But what you're about to listen to here is my response to him. And I hope it assists you. It's a very curious topic, very interesting question to be asking. I definitely encourage these kind of questions. You know, we should be thinking like this. Why is it that certain things don't match up in, in empirically and um, uh, scripturally? So yeah, and please let me know how, how you feel about my comments. Also, just before we get started, I there's about like 50 people, 50 listens to each podcast currently, and I have no idea who is listening. So I encourage you, if you are listening out there, to please contact me so I know who's listening and, and can develop a relationship with you personally and see what, what, how I can serve you better. So you can contact me uh, through my email. My email is dovetails108 at gmail.com. So that is D-O-V-E-T-A-L-E-S 108 at gmail.com if you want to send me a message and just tell me how you're finding the podcast and if there's any questions you have specifically that you would like me to interact with and address I would love that very much so yes without any more housekeeping as Sam Harris likes to say I'll leave you with it dinosaurs dinosaurs in the revealed scriptures I can give a few comments on what, how I feel about dinosaurs. Um, my understanding is that they dig up bones, large bones, and then n never do they find one complete. You know, so they actually reproduce it. They speculate on the form. They reproduce it. And they they make fake bones to fit in to make the full skeleton. So it appears that there were some. There's enough evidence to except that there were large animals at some point in history that are no longer walking the earth. So there could be uh, you know, same family of those animals, like reptiles, but they're not as big anymore. So, and we, we know that, you know, the, the Shastras do talk about people being larger, think trees being larger in other yugas, so that lines up. 
Yeah, so just to finish on the more scientific, uh, what we're taught as dinosaurs, we know that a lot of it's speculation. You know, just recently they start they decided that maybe they all had mainly had feathers, even the ones that we previously thought of as being more like lizards. So yeah, they're finding something and they're speculating the rest. So it's hard to know how much to accept. Uh, why aren't they mentioned in the Shastras? Well, I don't think the Shastras mention so many animals, but still you would think an animal of that size and stature would be mentioned. So that is a good question. Uh, and then what comes to mind in response to that question, I would, look, I would consider, I am considering uh, at what point the Shastras were actually written down and what is Shastra? What is Shastra? Is Shastra, does Shastra remain the same over time or is Shastra living like a river, like the Ganges? And over time the Ganges is flowing, she's alive, she's continuously flowing. Shastra changed according to time, place and circumstance, commentaries, uh, you know, uh, translations. You know, originally it was, we, we know that it was oral until 5,000 years ago until Krishna left the earth and then it began to be written down. But at the time that it was written down, who wrote it? You know, we hear that Vyasadev um, is the compiler of the Vedanta, but some people talk about Vyasadev being more than one person. You know, Vyasadev manifesting in more than one person, which is not impossible if you think about you know, the relationship with the Paramatma. Bhaktivinoda Thakur actually considered the the evidence and the claims that the current Bhagavatam that we have was written by a South Indian man uh, in 900 um, AD. So you have to, to factor that in. You know, is the Bhagavatam that we have, are the Shastras that we have exactly how they were 5,000 years ago? I don't know. Looking at the Bhagavatam, for example, what is the Bhagavatam? You know, who is speaking the Bhagavatam? That's my question to you. Look at the first verse. Sorry, the second verse, Srimad Bhagavatam 112, Mahamuni Kritei, the great sage Vyasadev, having compiled. Mahamuni is translated as the great sage Vyasadev, Mahamuni, you know, the great, great thinker. Who is that referring to? And if, the, if Vyasadev has written this, uh, then he is referring to himself or someone else has written it. Devotees I ask say that he was referring to himself but I don't know, I'm not convinced. The person offers their obeisances to Vyasadev. So who's speaking? We just assume that Vyasadev has written down this conversation of Sutta Goswami recalling conversation of Sukadev Goswami who, within, who, who recalls many, many other conversations and stories. So who's, who's speaking the Bhagavatam that we're reading? Most devotees that I ask, they say, well, it's Vyasadev who's re referring to himself. You know, Mahamuni was referring to himself. I don't know. We don't know for sure. We don't know. So, and then, okay, just looking at the Bhagavatam, first, first Om, the whole, whole of the Vedas is contained in Om, and then the first time the Bhagavatam is spoken is in the, is in the, like the first verse where he says, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. That is, that's the, that's the uh, Bhagavatam expanded into, what, 12 syllables? And then, through the, as we read through the Bhagavatam, we see the Bhagavatam being retold, expanded on again and again. It keeps getting retold. What is the Bhagavatam? Is the Bhagavatam a book or is it a message? 
Is it facts or is it a mood, an attitude? Is it a realization? Is it, you know, is it, can you contain it? Bhagavatam is God, yeah, non-literary incarnation of God. Can you capture God? Can you contain God? Can you turn God into an object? Can you capture the Bhagavatam? Can you, turn the, can you objectify the Bhagavatam or is it living? Is it a subject? Is God a subject? How can you make an object out of a subject? The Bhagavatam is living and being retold. Right now I'm retelling it in my own little way, my tiny little understanding. I'm retelling it. I'm speaking the Bhagavatam now. It's not perfect. I don't have the highest understanding, but I'm telling it in my own little way. And you do when you are preaching or teaching or speaking or sharing your realizations or whatever. You're, doing, you're speaking a little Bhagavatam okay, you know, to the level that you understand. So even in the Bhagavatam, it's being retold. So, taking all that into consideration, is it the time that the time that the Bhagavatam, the current Bhagavatam, we have uh, manifested that it it doesn't talk about dinosaurs? It could be that you know dinosaurs apparently extinct. I don't know how many thousand years ago, ten thousand or more, something like that. Last ice age, what ten thousand, eleven thousand, something like that, maybe a bit more. So that's uh, 5,000 years between then and uh, Krishna's appearance. You know, so if you're retelling it, you know, if, you, if you're going to retell a story over 5,000 years, taking into consideration Chinese whispers, how much do you think is going to remain intact? How much do you think, even at that time, 5,000 years ago, if you were writing in stuff about mythical creatures of, of uh, dinosaurs, maybe people wouldn't have uh, respected your book, you know, so you changed... You change the Bhagavatam according to that time, place, and circumstance. You know, I realized after thinking about it a lot, you know, why do we expect a Shastra or a scripture of revelation which incites emotion or love towards God, you know, which is about attitudes and perspectives about God and God's creation rather than empirical facts? Why do we expect the empirical facts to be in there? And what would happen if all the empirical facts were in there? So I thought about this. Why, you know, why Krishna? Why God? Why, why didn't you just put it exactly how it is? Why didn't you explain in the fifth canto exactly how we see the cosmology? You know, then everyone would be easily convinced and it would be problem solved. Everyone would, would surrender to God so easily. And after I contemplated this for, for quite a few years, I realized that that's actually a that's actually not a good system. You know, if you were to create a if you were to create a world, a simulation where players could enter and enjoy, would you make it clear to them that their world is false and full of suffering and you must surrender to me and come back to the real world? Would you do that to them? Could they really freely enjoy? Could they? Could, is can they still have free will if you if you make clear make it clear that what they're doing is wrong? No, I don't think so. Therefore, to expect empirical evidence and or in, or or to expect a shastra to line up with sense perception takes away. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's immature. And it would take away our, our free will, it would take away our power to choose what we want to worship, what we want to aim towards, what we want to love, where we want to aim, 
our love, where we want to orientate it, orientate ourselves towards the material world or towards God. And those who want to aim towards God have to take a risk. There's risk involved. You know, you're, you're basically going to reject your sense perception and go for something higher, something transcendental. There's a risk there. And in, and in order to experience the highest love, we have to take the greatest risks. So therefore, we shouldn't expect the Shastras. In fact, it would, be, would, be, it would make them less. It would make achieving God less if it was clearly, um, clearly lined out. And actually, when you actually increase your realization, you see that it is clearly lined out. It is clearly lined out, but it's perfectly hidden. It's perfectly hidden in a way that each individual can obtain God when they're ready and also in the relationship that they're inspired to have with God. It's paradoxical, it remains paradoxical to allow for this individual approach and expression. So, given all this, you know, how am I to say? It, it appears there was some bones of some large creatures, but are they the dinosaurs that we imagined them to be? I'm not so convinced on that. But I, I, I think there was some kind of creatures that were very large at that time, and extinct. Is it possible for these the the set amount of species to be you know some of them to be extinct? You know, we know there's eight million four hundred thousand species, but then you know one one species might be worm, and then there could be so many types of worms. Even bacteria come into the category of worms, and there's so many types of bacteria, right? So that's one species, worm. Or is it individuals, the 400,000 human beings? And then there's the, the modes and different combinations of modes that make up a different species or a different category or, um, you know, so there. So is it possible for a species to be extinct according to that? Maybe they exist on another planet somewhere. Why not? If there is life on other planets, then maybe there's still dinosaurs, large creatures on other planets. People certainly imagine them, dream them, and write them into stories and movies. So that is my take, my good friend, on dinosaurs. I hope it, I hope it, I hope it assists your understanding in some way. Jaya Shri Krishna,